welcome back to Happy Little Accidents, and I'm your host, Kyra. Uh, today, we will be talking about race and sports, but I really was actually drawn to this subject in general, or maybe more um, explicitly, from Jake Trolley's recent show that's currently still there at Monique Maloche Gallery in Chicago, Illinois, and the intersection of Black and brown bodies in the world of athletics and what that really means. So long story short, or I can start with, um, in this show, A Slow Clap by Jake Trolley, he actually analyzes the monetization of black and brown bodies, right? And how that kind of creates this alienation um, and through this, he really investigates like labor capitalism and sweat equity as a kind of, you know, value manifestation, right? Um, through this, he uses techniques, classical techniques, and he creates these lively paintings, typically including a self-portrait or um, a caricature of himself that is intertwined into these scenarios. So the hypothesis of the Black athletic supremacy states, right, that Black people have particular features acquired through uh, genetic or environmental causes that have enabled them to succeed in athletic competitions over other races. So this show really kind of integrates into that theory. So although uh, white people are more likely to hold these beliefs, some black and people of other races, people of color, also do. So actually, according to a 1991 poll in the United States, half of these respondents felt that blacks have a better innate physical ability. And Growing up, if you don't know, I fenced in college at Ohio State, and I grew up fencing. Uh, both of my cousins fenced. D1 athletes also, they went to the Olympics. And so in the back of my head, I did believe this. I had some you know, innate understanding. I went to a club founded by Peter Westbrook that was um, you know, pretty much people of color and everyone in that club really excelled and they still excel to this day. So in my head, I was like, it wasn't so much a negative stereotype. It was one of those stereotypes that I was really proud to hold because I was feeling like I was always being uh, compounded with negative stereotypes of, you know, black and brown bodies in our society. But looking into the theory, so professionals in a variety of professions have proposed numerous hypotheses about racial disparities between black and white people and their likely impact on sports performance since the late 1800s. So in the United States, interest to the subject waned throughout the first like two decades of the 20th century as black athletes were pushed out of white organized sports and they were like forced to compete against one another on an amateur and professional um, level. So after the 1932 Summer Olympics in Los Angeles and Jesse Owens, who went to Ohio State, go Bucks, uh, record-breaking efforts in the 1935 Big Ten Track Championships, interest uh, from that really reignited. So I'm going to read a quote um, by... African-American scholar, Harry Edwards, that's from 1971, right? So he said that the myth of the black male's biologically determined intrinsic physical and athletic superiority over the white males equal to the idea of black sexual dominance and antiquity. antiquity. Uh, So pretty much later that year in the Journal of Blacks in Higher Education, the JBHE Foundation published an essay in which they pushed back against the idea of a Black gene, right, leading to Black superiority in athletics, a concept known as racist theory at the time. Because if there's a Black gene that leads to 
athletic excellence, why do African-Americans who have at least one ancestor outperform Blacks from African countries in every sport except long distance running? This is what the journal was arguing. So when I started thinking of um, Blackness in sports, I also think about just like Black women in sports, but then I think about bobsledding, which is like a very random thought. So Black women are actually well represented in bobsledding. So Nigerian and Jamaican bobsled teams, which you don't know, I am half Jamaican, um, have competed in the 2018 Winter Olympics for the first time. So 106 Black women competed in bobsledding at the Olympic level in the United States, the, uh, the UK, Canada, and Germany. So there's actually significant diversity in due to part of bobsledding's recruitment of com competition really comes from other sports, aka track and field. So some of these people um, include uh, Sylvia Hoffman, Lauren Williams, Alana Myers-Taylor, Vanetta Flowers. These are some of the black women who have raced in bobsled. But um, back to kind of this like understanding of race relations in sports, according to a research conducted in the United States, racial uh, prejudice exists in the NBA basketball or in NBA basketball, not the, but um, with, I love reminder notification, um, with white players receiving larger compensation than black players based on real performance. Uh, this according to a psychologist can be attributed to viewing bias. So when there's more engagement by white players, viewership rises resulting in better advertisement uh, revenue. This explains a large part of the wage disparity. So other evidence of sports uh, consumer discrimination discrimination has been examined by researchers. So comparing the prices of sports collectibles, right? So like baseball cards, is actually really like one good technique. Um, another possibility is to look at fans voting for all-star teams. Another factor to consider is the willingness to attend a sporting event. So the data is really mixed with some research uncovering bias against um, black people while others do not. And when I really think about this, I think about basketball, first of all. I also think about fencing. So if you don't fence or you don't know anything about fencing, fencing is predominantly white sport. And when I was competing um, in fencing in college or just even in high school, there is a bliss ignorance over being a black athlete. And this ignorance comes in the form of backhanded compliments or could come in the form of compliments that really don't compliment your fencing ability but more your blackness and your you as athlete and i see this in basketball all the time especially going to a big 10 university where you know majority of our basketball our baseball team sorry basketball team and our football team are uh black or african-american as they consider themselves and so you see like people highlighted in these kind of inhumane ways of like he's like so like it's just a like, skill set that they put them on a pedestal as if it's an entertainment value and less of a person. Um, and if you have ever been a college athlete and if you're a person of color at the same time, you have probably experienced that same sentiment. So tying this back into Jake's work, uh, maintaining the dark undertones in his work is there to express a racial stereotype, right? Maintaining these generalized black and brown bodies. So uh, marking the bodies as different, right? Uh, Trolley really effectively commits himself to repetitive acts of surveillance, display, labor, brutality through the use of symbolism through his body of work. So he's juggling a very, so in 
college so just kind of going to give some background information on him uh, he juggled like you know a practical degree um in art with basketball pressure meant he didn't get a chance to hone in on his practice until he began applying to graduate school so despite the distraction of his undergraduate years he considered his basketball experience to be integral in terms of the overarching social issues that come into his work now his work is really revolving around um, race relations with a humorous overtone and when you think about that a lot of times for these athletes the onus are the responsibility of you know showing that you have human traits that you are just like everyone else that you provoke emotion that you will you evoke <laughs> you evoke emotion um is very you know strenuous honestly so one piece in particular in the show actually really stands out to me um it's called the high dive uh from 2022 so you'll see there is a black or brown man at the top of a diving board with a huge afro right and an american flag suit on and so when it comes to athleticism in America, this image really brings up components of the discord about black athletes and otherness of blackness, right? Because there's only one man in the painting and the viewer literally has to look at this man, right? But the man isn't breaking the fourth wall. He becomes the object in our eyes. So although uh, black players are associated with success in industry, we idolize them. There are shows about their wives and there's shows about how having like, you know, a black athletic husband is amazing. This really leads to this like inhumane interaction when watching sports. So the figure in High Dive from 2022 has emphasized conventional black traits such as the genitalia, the buttocks, the hair, making him a spectacle, right? And kind of relieving him of his duties as being a vulnerable black person in our society. So if it's not clear already, it should be clear now that pretty much like a really dark side to sports is racial tension, which frequently consumes our understanding of athletic competition and, uh, you know, equality of athletic prowess, uh, prowess and personal ability. Uh, so I don't know if you've ever read this book or heard of it, but um, journalist, journalist John Entine wrote about the subject in is a controversial book. It's called Taboo. So this is published in 2000 um, and it's the whole title is Taboo, Why Black Athletes Dominate Sports and Why We Are Afraid to Talk About It. Yeah, that, that title sounds literally terrible. So Taboo devotes like a bunch of chapters to long distance running beyond its treatment of human genetics and attempt to um, validate uh, whiteness and blackness and men's long distance running is extremely helpful in exploring and critiquing uh, his philosophy and notions of genetically superior athletic inheritability, right? Um, and then Teresa Walton and then uh, conducted a study in 2006, which examined over 700 printed sources dealing with explicitly uh, long distance running in the United States from like 1970 to the present. They really were trying to make us believe that black people are just like have superpowers, but like superpowers that they can commoditize. Um, so even like this month when I think about this and this uh, this episode actually has nothing to do with March Madness. I was not even thinking about this. It literally has to do with a slow clap exhibition and just how I was understanding the work and what that really like talked about in terms of my own life and being a person of color and also being an athlete and how that impacts that relationship. 
So the myth of the superpower and devaluing of Black athletes continues in this capacity, right? especially this month. Black athletes have collectively accomplished so much because society provides them with few options. That's literally half of the reason. I mean, if you had to take road A or B, and it was like A or B, I'm going to take A or B. I'm going to become an athlete or I'm become like a doctor or a lawyer. And then person two has 18 roads. They have A through G. I mean, what do you expect? So anyway, um, if you don't pay attention to commentary, Black players are honestly like frequently praised by commentators for their perceived natural physical abilities rather than their intellect or hard work. So we're going to hear many of the same tired tropes from commentators and presenters when some of the finest college basketball players compete in the NCAA tournament in later rounds. So emphasizing the innate physicality of some of America's best Black athletes. So if Black people have such a stronghold on football and basketball, then they must be built differently than the rest of humanity, right? That's the damn assumption that we're getting from these like stupid tropes and ideas. So over the course of this 300-page book called Taboo, Entine perpetuates the ridiculous notion that Black people have an inherent physical advantage in athletic competition. So while hardly anyone um, as eager is as eager to be publicly uninformed as he is, elements of the same discriminatory philosophy can be found in the way Black athletes are discussed even today. Now, this is over two decades of thinking past this book. So we, we already know this type of thinking has you know lasted way beyond this. So elite black athletes are supposedly like natural oddities, right? And they're athletic specimen rather than a culmination of years of sweat, blood, and tears invested in their respective sports. I want to emphasize on respective sports because there are so many sports that black athletes excel in. And this like idea of this gene being just unanimous throughout black athletes and thinking about a skill set needed for a certain sport, it's kind of crazy, but Anyway, many will just like, you know, go on to blame black athletes domination on slavery's abuse. That's crazy. Now, I just said that out loud. and I I want you to really think about that, that people will say, well, like, of course, like, you know, like they had to do all this stuff. They had to like, you know, they were down in the dirt in like slavery. So like they just have like this innate, like, you know, physical understanding of like different climates and harshness, which literally sounds ridiculous also. So here's a little history for you. In order to create future generations of free labor, slaveholders, slave masters, all those terrible people would drive the biggest, tallest, and strongest among the enslaved to have sex. So pretty much they were just just creating their own little population of people by making the supposed strongest and most you know talented physically people uh, procreate. So according to Oregon State University zoologist Joseph Uda, uh, long-term evolutionary changes in population takes actually a million years. Even if we assume that forced reproduction of the enslaved was widespread in America long before the 1808 end of the transatlantic slave trade, which significantly increased the demand for a self-sustaining enslaved population. The 400 years of slavery in the United States is insufficient to produce significant changes in today's African-American population. So we're just gonna demystify that idea that like black athletes are strong because of slavery, that no, not at all. So we like, 
vile um, the notion that Black people are more naturally predisposed to sports behind all of these other outdated misconceptions about us, such as our proclivity for violence and, you know, liking fried chicken, which fried chicken is good, but not all fried chicken is good. So, and also there's no excuse for telling everyone that they like watermelons, but there's also no excuse for advocating and maintaining the myth that Black people are inherently athletically superior by addressing Black athletes as if their success is this, like, you know, conclusion to that statement. The truth that Black athletes have achieved what they have because society has provided them with few options, which I will, you know, make sure I say that a billion more times. So although race does not operate in a vacuum, right? Many Black children across America have felt, including myself in some capacities, compelled to put all their chips in a bowl, right? And that's sports. That overwhelming desire to escape, like, the consequence of Blackness in America. It's an honestly dreadful sense of being cornered in a way that there's no way out, with a fuel to drive and a struggle like no other. So, It's because of this determination that a steady stream of talented Black athletes emerge, and there's no reason less. Okay, so, like, overall, like, just when I think about everything I'm saying right now, um, this all kind of just came from, right, from Jake Trolley's show at Monique Maloche Gallery. These thoughts really just kind of uh, went on their own tangent. But my goal was just talking about this, especially during March Madness, is to really express that the myth of racial superiority in terms of sports and the inhumane treating or treatment of Black athletes is ridiculous. Now, this also exists, um, I can dive into, you know, more aspects in terms of, you know, different races and their athletic association, how that you know, kind of builds into the bigger stereotype of them from society. But when you look at um, Jake's show, you will see that you'll see that there is a, you know, there's a per like there's a person behind these images. And that's the whole point, you know, with art and just even with art relating to race and topics in society that are thought as more as a fact and is perpetuated in a negative way that athletes are athletes, right? Every athlete that you meet in the respective field, like, dies for their sport. They do the unthinkable. They manage to juggle themselves. And they do it because they love it. They do it because they work hard. And to uh, water down the accomplishments, uh, accomplishments of, like, Serena Williams, right, or... Um, I mean, anyone, honestly. So Jesse Owens. And if you just think, I mean, I'm naming big athletes, but you could think of pretty much any Black athlete. They're probably someone that you're watching right now on the TV in the background of this. But the reality is that they work really hard. And to make any assumption that they do not work hard, like their white counterparts, is completely ridiculous. In addition to that, it's completely ridiculous to, you know, appease or I mean appease yourself but also make these broad statements in regards to race and like specifically blackness and athleticism and say that that and make it a compliment because at the end of the day it's not a compliment I want to make sure you're aware that that's not a compliment so when you see you know a tall just by the way when you see a tall black man walking down the road and you say why don't you play basketball he doesn't need to play basketball <laughs> like i think it's like the craziest thing when i hear people say that but like you're so tall or like 
when I was in college, people thought I played like, or I ran track and field, or I was like in field hockey. I'm not sure where the assumptions came from. I assume the track and field one was more because I'm brown, you know, but end of the day, take just 10 more seconds to educate yourself on these things. It really does not take that much more work. Like unlearn a lot of what you know, because being an adult is unlearning the stupid shit that adults taught us that they didn't even know. So thanks for listening. And before you go, make sure you check out my website, kyramarera.info for more information and seeing my latest editorials. Check out my YouTube channel, Confessions of a Gallerina, and check out my Instagram, Confessions of a Gallerina, to see my daily art adventures. Thank you.